0: Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at forecastsalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we are in the waning phase of the moon. We've moved into the sun sign of Leo and we open up to a new moon and the Lion's Gate this next week. Although the height of the Lion's Gate will fall on August 8th. The Lion's Gate is a pretty potent cosmic time. Lots of downloads coming in. We'll talk more about it on the Energy Focus next week. Join me live for that or catch the replay. So the energy of Leo is all about the lion, the courage, the grace, being proud of who you are. So right now is a great time to release the limited beliefs that keep you from aligning with your soul's purpose and the creativity in your life, which is the subject on today's episode. As you nourish yourself this season, notice your frequency, your radiance. Lift your vibration through this rich energy of your soul, your connection to Mother Earth, the moon, and the cosmos. Notice the practices that have been working for you. Notice the strength of your own intuition and what you need to do to energetically align with your life's purpose. Take the time to nourish your inner self, your light, your radiance. Consciousness is shifting, and this is exactly where we are right now. Summer is the time to develop faith and trust in your life, to grow and feel the abundance all around you. Knowing your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit is so valuable at this time. And that's where the rights come in to help you move through all this stuff. Rights being Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals. Finding ways to tend to the struggles of your life with these tools can help add amusement, inspiration, and joy. It can free you from all the stress that is going on in the world. As we move through these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Schedule one in person or online. When you work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that old stuff. Links will be in the show notes. For when you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. If you're a strong, passionate person who's ready to take charge of your life, And let go of the stories running around inside of your head. Let's talk. Let's talk about my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program. Warning, I always say this. This work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and spirit. Side effects. Yes, you may see yourself or others as they really are. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in major life changes. You may become the person you were really meant to be. My empowered spirit program can help you upgrade your spiritual path. You'll learn lots of energy tools, techniques, Ways to center your energy, ways to raise your vibration, and ways to release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Now is a great time to expand your spiritual practice. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how this program can help you. In today's episode, I speak with Rachel Reed Wilkie. We first met Rachel when I interviewed Sivan Hassett for Entering Their Mind. There was so much to Rachel that we didn't talk about, so I asked her to come back on the show. In this episode, we explore how meditation opens up so much. We talk about creativity, trust, releasing judgment, the truth to who you are, consciousness expansion of your mind, your values, and your purpose in this crazy world we are all living in. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, center, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, bringing the breath all the way up the body. And exhale, bringing that breath all the way back down, centering, slowing down. Inhale and exhale, taking a pause. Taking another deep, inhale as you call in your spirit. Feel your energy coming in all around you. Exhaling all the way back down deep into the earth. Inhale, coming into the heart. Exhale, feeling that presence of energy deep into your heart of your spirit. And that connection to the greater spirit. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved feeling all this energy coming in to you. As we go to create this space, we call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels, the crystal beings, calling in your own spirit guides, taking a moment and noticing where you are in this great wheel of life, finding ourselves in the season of summer. As I teach in the medicine wheel, The season of summer is found in the direction of the south. Imagine yourself facing this direction of the south, feeling the sun on your face, allowing for the joy and the amusement that the season offers you, finding that patience for the growth that is occurring all around you, calling in the divine feminine to help you nurture yourself, your projects. Feeling that wildness coming forward that allows you to open up to who you truly are. Taking a moment and setting an intention right now, right into your heart as we call in the directions for guidance and protection to the south the West, the North and the East, above you, below you, right into the very center, allowing those elevated emotions for this intention to radiate out all around you, inspiring you, lifting your vibration, radiating these intentions. Taking another deep inhale, And exhale, centering your energy, holding that vibe, grounding, feeling this awareness all around you, blinking the eyes back open. Rachel weed Wilkie's esteemed 20-year career in fashion culminated in directing Calvin Klein's global design concept team in New York City. Her direction allowed the brand to articulate, through style, the cultural zeitgeist of the day and its influence on the way today's youth relates to their identity. In her last season at Calvin Klein, Wilkie designed and developed the iconic catwalk denim collection for the renowned and newly appointed creative director, Raf Simons, Rachel went on to take the helm at 7 for All Mankind in Los Angeles, becoming the brand's first woman creative director. Years earlier, having left England at the age of 21 to pursue a life of fashion in Italy, Rachel's career began auspiciously by assisting Alessandro Del Aqua in his formative years before taking on the leading role as head designer of women's wear at Costume National. Rachel was then hand-selected to work side-by-side with the renegade and altogether radical designer Carol Christian Powell, who to this day is still seen as the ultimate maverick of the fashion industry. After honoring her talent in Italy, Rachel's expertise was called upon to design bespoke tailoring and custom leather jackets for such influential individuals as Chloe, Savonier, Zendaya, Justin Timberlake, Iggy Pop, Thorn Yoke, Jay-Z, among numerous others. Wow, right? Rachel has since left fashion to pursue a life led by consciousness, earth awareness, and a full commitment to the arts. Returning to poetry, an integral part of her creative life since early womanhood, she explores the art of song and its relationship to the word, to writing as a dimension which leads into and shines light on the inward self. XI, her recently released spoken song album, denotes the self which continually passes and the I entity which is released once inner transformation has begun. This collection of poetry, put to song and illustrated through film, is reflected on her ever-evolving journey of self-realization. Rachel is also dedicated to the highly creative process of navigating her own mind through meditation and movement. These through the practice of Sok Jen and Vinyasa Yoga. So let us welcome Rachel to the show. Welcome back, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. Thank you. We first met you when Sivan was on the show, and you guys were talking about entering the mine, and there was so much to you that we didn't even talk about. So I texted you, like, we have to have you back on the show. (laughs) So I'm so glad you're able to come back. You've been on a great adventure. So welcome, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So as we were kind of talking, like before we started and hit record, it's like, what are we talking about? Right? But (laughs) the idea of consciousness expanding, the idea of being able to enter into the mind that you guys are talking about and how that can help so much in this crazy world that we're in right now, that's exactly what we want to talk about. Yeah. So let's kind of start with that idea. Let's go back a little bit and talk about entering the mind and how that really kind of helped you open up to your own consciousness and where you are right now.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so Entering the Mind, that is a book that my husband, Sivan, wrote. And it speaks to um, a Tibetan meditation practice called Zogchen. And this practice is something that I discovered through Sivan. He introduced me to it. And although I hadn't really had a, um, a formal meditation practice um, until about three years ago, Chris introduced me to Chan, and I started to incorporate it into a daily meditation practice. And what happened is not initially, perhaps, but over a series of weeks, coming months, and then I felt the real big shift, perhaps about a year in, where this practice had just tapped into this space within me that I knew was there. Inherently, I felt it was there, but I hadn't become familiar with it. And I hadn't fully recognized it. And with this practice of um, literally entering the mind, I was able to tap into and recognize this natural state within me, which is the mind in its natural state. And and then from this process, you know, a little bit day by day, I just felt that I was able to slowly let go of fear and anxiety and let go of any worries. And I was able to um, reinstall a trust within myself and a trust with my world around me and the trust in the people around me. And I think this rebuilding of trust is really, really important, especially, as you said, with all the craziness that's going on in the world around us you know, where can we find that which we can truly trust? And it's here within us. And so entering the mind was definitely my path. And it, it, it showed me a path to follow. And I've, I'm not looking back. I'm just looking forward.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know what, I like that you mentioned the idea of trust, because I think in a world that has been so broken, many people don't know who to trust anymore. What's what everybody's telling us? What do we do? What do we don't do? Right. And I so agree being a spiritual teacher. I so agree that what's inside of us is what we can trust and really how we tune into that and how we build that can help us understand where each of us is in the world at large right now. So I love that idea of really finding that trust and breaking free of the fears. Yeah. And with Definitely. that comes this
1: act of letting go of judgment, because once we let go of the judgment of ourselves, we're able to let go of the judgment of others. And so working with ourselves first and meditation, there are many different types of meditation. I particularly resonate with the Chen tradition. And this way of meditation for me, um, it just allows the judgment to fall away. It's not like you're pushing it away. You're not forcing yourself not to judge but over a period of time, it, it falls away. It holds no status within you. And then at that point, once the judgment's gone, you trust what's there. And so I think it's that letting go of judgment that leads to reinstating this trust. They go hand in hand, I believe. Hmm, good point. Yeah. So pre-entering the mind, what was your work? What were you doing? Well, I've been a fashion designer for many, many years. Um, I was a, I was a teenager when I dreamt about being a fashion designer. I grew up in the countryside in England near Cambridge, and I was just desperate to leave nature, which is a bit strange because that's actually where I was connected to spirit most. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I wanted the big bright lights of the city and I wanted this glamorous lifestyle as a, as a fashion designer. Well, I did pursue that and I left at the age of 21. I went to Italy and I worked with some incredible designers. I lived there for about eight years and then I moved on to, um, I spent a lot of time in Paris and then Sweden and then it eventually brought me to New York and then now to Los Angeles. And the fashion world is not as glamorous as it looks. (laughs) It's a lot of hard work. But I met so many incredible people and I learned languages as I was um, almost living this kind of nomadic lifestyle following the career. And it was absolutely amazing because what I was actually working with was in a way this complete contradiction with myself because fashion is all about creating an identity, an Mm. external identity, Mm. an identity which is that which is other than yourself. And so simultaneously, as I was working this like crazy and beautiful world of fashion, I also really developed um, uh, poetry. And the poetry that I was writing was actually me Channeling into my higher self and actually speaking to these contradictions and knowing that what I was experiencing in my career was actually completely contradictory to what the spirit is actually calling for, which is letting go of identity. And so what happened is that I created this plethora of um, of poetry that just collected over over decades um and i just kept them all hidden in these little black notebooks and i didn't really share them much and so um so i was sort of experiencing this well literally contradiction but it but they married together and they they aided each other and i was able to see fashion as as the fun expression of an individual but then understand that there is always a deeper side to that individual which is truer to the higher self
0: mm, i love that yeah, and there's, it does. I guess, I guess one helped balance the other can either balance it or conflict it, right? One or the other, right? That's
1: right. Well, it definitely kept me sane.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And sometimes that fashion world looks so glamorous, but I I can only imagine, you know, I lived in New York for many years. I have a cousin that lived in Italy and she was in Prada and, you know, all of that, the modeling and all that. And so I did have a little bit of an insight from her about it too. But Mm -hmm. I think that whole idea of the outside world too, I mean, we can only take so much of that outside world and many people live just on that outside world, But I know when my life came crashing down in New York, that's what drove me inside, inside myself to ask all of these questions like, who am I? Like, who had I been listening to? And it was a whole nother world inside of me that began to open up. And I think right now in the world at large, this is what we need. We need Uh, to find ways to heal. The whole world needs healing. And this kind of work of opening up and listening. I love that you said too, like your channeled messages and writing this poetry was from your deeper part. And having that vulnerability right now, now to express those deeper parts. That's
1: right, that's right. And that's something that I shied away from because of course I was so trained in this idea of this sort of perfect image and this presentation of the outer, exterior, form that you know we tell ourselves as a human form and and this sort of altered sense of beauty. Like what is beauty to us today? And in fashion of course just completely corrupts the concept of beauty in terms of you know spiritual journey. And so, you know, for me, um, although, you know, my husband and I, we left New York and we came back West because um, we had invested in this beautiful land out in the desert and we, the desert was calling us and the desert was calling our hearts to come here, meditate, open up and and really touch base with nature and this expansive space, which is all around us. And so that was really my first pull back to nature from my childhood. So I'd spent decades traveling around from city to city, but I would say, um, you know, between five and seven years ago, my heart was being pulled to the desert to express and experience this open spaciousness. So nature can be a, a big guide for many people to touch base with their spiritual path.
0: Nature right now is so important and getting back outside because it can help you to process. It can help you just to like slow down, which is really hard for many people. And I'll be honest, those first few hours when I get out to wherever I'm going lately, I've been taken to camping by myself Thank to you. rebuild a strength inside of me that I've yeah. lost. And it does at first, I'm out there and I'm on my phone. And I'm going "Wait, wait there. Then you just leave <laughs> to get out here to get off your phone. And it does take a little bit. But once I do let go, then yeah. that's where I can really hear my own self and hear what it is I'm trying to do. And I'm still listening. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> listening, right, and trying to figure that out. But it's such a true aspect of where we all are right now. And, and the truth is, too, Mother Earth needs us to be listening right now, right? right? Yeah.
1: She's calling to us. She's calling to us. And and her way of connecting to us is through this unified consciousness. And then as we tap in with our individual perspective on consciousness, as we channel in, the information is there. And Mother Earth is also feeding information into that conscious web. And so we can download um, information directly from her and just being in her presence, undisturbed by the external world we feel her speaking to us. She speaks to us through the plants, through the moon, through the stars, through the sun, you know, through these beautiful little insects, the bees that are pollinating, you know, and, and just just literally sitting still for a moment in nature can, can completely shed us of this sort of falsehood that we live on a daily basis and, and re-tap our spirit into, into her force, her life force
0: yeah i so agree and i know for myself i've been a little quiet right now trying to figure this out what is my work what am i really really trying to do and i know i work in spirit i know i work with consciousness but what is it i'm doing who am i helping and these are questions i think that the universe is asking all of us like what are we even doing here what are we doing to our earth how are we destroying it? How are we destroying our kids? Look at the responsibilities we're putting on them. You know, yeah. I read an article today about the the last shooting where the kids were trained to know what to do. And it's like, wow, that responsibility of what happens should someone enter their school, like they're being trained that way. That's like really sad, really yeah. sad. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that we're being called
1: to um, understand our purpose, as it were, because I think now, um, you know, we've come, there's an opening, there's an opening in this door of consciousness and more and more people are being intrigued by the spiritual journey and they're trying to find their path. And, you know, we're seeking out people like yourself that shares your wisdom and others that could be shamans or medicine doctors or spirit guides, you know, who can really sort of take us further and deeper down those spiritual paths. But with the spiritual path, comes this desire to serve. And I think that is where I'm at too. I'm, I'm, I've been able to spend the last few years tuning into calming myself down, tapping into my spiritual path, finding an expression, but I haven't yet fully figured out how, how can I now serve? How can I now give back? How can I nurture? How can I be um, a light that can inspire other people. And I think this is maybe what you're talking to. We're we're now at the next phase where we're trying to um, figure out how we can actually give back with compassion.
0: Yeah, w- yeah, for sure. Give back with compassion, give back with ways in which we can heal. You know, nice. it's been a hard couple of years. And so I know my work has shifted. I know I have shifted. I know I've gone through many changes and I know there have been dark night of the souls. <laughs> you are know, like all in 2021, right? Like that's the <laughs> yeah. truth, right? But I have emerged. And I am still asking some of those questions, but I know this work is needed. I know creativity is needed. I know art. Art is so important right now. It inspires us on so many levels, whether we recognize it or not. I mean, imagine a world without art. It would just be black and white. There would be no dimension. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think to your point, art and meditation, but that
1: art is almost the last frontier of our society because the true expression coming from an artist it's uncensored, you know, in that moment when they are um, quite often channeling this consciousness, like channeling through into their expression as they're working with their hands, working with music, working with sound, light, vision or, or craft. And as as artists are really expressing themselves in these moments, they're almost experiencing a meditative state. And this can be um, not always, but quite often, this can be almost a divine, direct transmission from consciousness. And and the role of the artist, I believe, is to actually really, really push those limits and push those boundaries and push the collective consciousness beyond our comfort zone. And so I think we've got the meditation practitioner and we've got the artist who are really both at the frontier of our society and of of our evolving consciousness and therefore evolving species, as it were.
0: Yeah, And I think the more we can open up and really trust, going back to what you said about trust, but trust that energy that comes forward when you do slow down, when you do get into the deepest parts of the resources of your own spirit. And then we also have to have it a way to come out into the world, (laughs) right? I mean, we need to have that because otherwise we're just like keeping it within here, which is fine, but to really help and do service, how do we bring it out? In what format? You know, it's funny that you, you, you mentioned, like like all the arts and crafts and I make jewelry, right? And I'm a natural beater. And lately I have been so caught in learn in beating. I know how to beat and it's something within my own DNA. And I've been like seeing these like earrings and I have been so tuned in to do it. But also what I noticed is that as I'm doing it, and as I'm remembering how to do it, I do notice it is a state of consciousness for me. It's a state of talking to my ancestors of bringing in this wisdom. And so it may not be exactly in words, but there is something inside of me that is opening up to a place that is so true and so full of light. And so that's yeah. like where I want to be right now. And I keep thinking, well, I'm not being productive in my business, but on the other hand, I know something is brewing inside of me. I know it's happening. I know it's going to move me forward. Yeah. And I'm entrusting with that right now. Yeah. Absolutely. And and like you said, you're you're trusting
1: that that development within yourself. It's true. I mean like my my art is poetry. So I do use words. But to your point, I trust I trust what comes out on the page, because what happens is I, I something shifts and I start to feel something coming. And I, I reach for my notebook and I reach for my pen or my pencil and then I just quieten myself down. I open up the page and I start writing and I just write and it just begins to write itself. And it sounds, you know, a little like. Lap- Wacko, you know, but it just starts to write and it writes and writes and writes and writes and writes. And then sometimes there'll be little pauses, and I just take a couple of deep breaths, and then it'll come again and it'll flow. And then it's the strangest sensation when the I stop writing, and it's almost like it's there's this message that comes through and says, That's it for today. (laughs) And it's almost like stop. And I stop and I and I read through and I never make any corrections. I, I love that. go back and edit. I never go back and cancel it. There might be spelling mistakes I might correct, but but I don't start rearranging it. I don't start then tapping into my intellectual side and start trying to make it look beautiful or sound amazing. I just keep it the way it is. And this is how I've always written since a teenage, since I was a teenager, and I've just got these you know notebooks full of these poems. And what happens is is that sometimes, Perhaps six months later, perhaps a year later, I'll be experiencing something or something will something will trigger me. And I'll go back to that one notebook and I'll open up that poem and I'll read that poem. And it's almost like that poem is now speaking to me now in this moment. Mm, I love and that. It's almost like you know when we just channel in your higher self knows what you need and it knows your your path. it knows how to guide you forward and quite often it's prophetic in a way. you know these words coming to you are almost like a guidance for your future path. And so this just gives this of course installs more trust. and so you you know you practice this and you keep doing it and then you know the trust reveals itself because you're actually, speaking to yourself in your future form. I it, love
0: that. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that. I had a moment of recognition this morning. So um, today was day 21, I've been leading a 21 day challenge in my group and and part of what we were doing was channeled writing. So after we do our beautiful meditation and we're all deep, we're all centered, then I've actually been drawing, you know, one of the cards from my tarot deck and like, okay, so how does this bring in those messages? And then we write. And then I was kind of like guiding that to say, okay, try to see if you can put it into a haiku. a format 575 right and so just keep it short and keep the messages really powerful today when I was writing out the final day I was writing it out and I looked down it's like they were already all in that format like I didn't have to go out and you know I was like counting my words like oh my God it's already there you know and so yeah writing to me actually has become something that I am doing yeah. more so than ever I, i've written a book you know one self-help book confessions of a shower topper right but but i do have a desire to write more Joined the writing collective see Jane Wright, right and and yeah. i do find that some of this beating that i'm doing and some of this quiet time and even camping by myself it's allowing those resources to open up in yeah. so many forms yeah. yeah absolutely i remember c
1: and i we took um a hike out into the eastern sierras we went way back into the wilderness 10 days, backpack with everything. I mean, we had no resources whatsoever and um, we couldn't drink either because we, we can't carry the weight of any liquid. You know, we were like filling up from streams and things with little filters and things. Anyway, we were out there for about 10 days, just hiking around and it was absolutely beautiful. We're up on really high elevation, maybe um, up to 12,000 feet. And it was awesome. And, and I, Chris at the time was um, just sort of, writing a journal, almost, you know, keeping, keeping it almost like very, very um, beautifully descriptive of, of where we were and what we were experiencing and what was working, what wasn't working, almost like a travel journal, almost. Mm. Whereas I had my notebook and I would just, uh, poems would come out. And mm. so I was expressing the trip from poetry. And so you put these two materials together and you've got these two very spontaneous and, and instinctive ways of writing that both speak to this same experience, but from two different perspectives. And it was really beautiful because they were uncensored, they were undoctored and unedited. And and it was really beautiful to read them when we came home. And and this is something everybody can do. That's what's beautiful about
0: it. I love that. Yeah, different ways of expressing. Now, you talk about spoken word. Tell us about some of the projects you've been doing with that. Yeah so um, uh, it was a while back when I
1: first started to experiment with just attending open mics you know because of course as I said I'd been keeping my poetry all sort of hidden in these little books And, um, and so there was a period between Italy and Sweden when I was sort of shifting between jobs and works and location and everything and I just hit the open mic scene in London and at the time which we're talking kind of early 2000s, it was a big thing going on. So I was attending all of these open mic sessions and one group asked me to come back and do a set. So it was in this little old chapel and it had like a stage. And so I did this half hour performance of me in this room, but, you know, kind of like um, indulging in these very kind of deep questions, you know, reciting the poetry as I'm going through and tapping into consciousness, what does it mean? And the conceptual mind and the non-conceptual mind and, you know, speaking to this. And it just fired up this idea that poetry could be so much more than the, the private written word. Mm. And I still honor the way that the poetry is written in this very private state of stillness. But I realized that there was another way to then go back to those poems and actually see how could they now be performed. And more recently with, um, with the shutdown, with the pandemic and everything, just before then, um, I have a stepson from a previous marriage who lives in Sweden. And I actually had a work contract that was flying me back and forth to Sweden um, just before the world shut down. And so we started hanging out together because I hadn't seen him for so long. He's a young, handsome man in his early 20s. And, um, and we'd always promised each other, he's an incredible musician. And he, we always promised each other that we would get together someday and put something together, poetry and music. So we started jamming in his basement. And this is where it started. And some of the tracks were coming out like punky. Some were very sort of wispy desert guitars. You know, some were very moody and almost David Lynchy. you know. So we had a lot of fun. Then, of course, the world locked down. And I I obviously was um, let go from that particular job that I had because it involved so much travel. So I was let go. And over the course of the pandemic, Eddie and I continued to collaborate. And Eddie went on to really work with the music and layer in pieces. And, um, you know, we were sharing information back and forth. And I was recording poetry and sending it back to him. Anyway, we basically put together an album. Hmm. And it was awesome. So it's spoken word to music, and it's a collaboration of myself and Eddie. And we called it XI. And this XI came to me in a visual vision, actually. I just saw the X and I saw the I. And And the X really was the sort of multi-talented dimension of Eddie and his music range because he plays all the instruments. And then the I was this very kind of singular word that was coming through these musics. And so I was like the I and he was the X. And as it settled in, I realized that it also represented XI as in the X self as 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 I was letting go of my old identity as a fashion designer and letting go and like getting deeper and deeper into my meditation practice, I realized that this whole project was sort of speaking to this idea of the ex identity. Mm. And this whole concept came together. And as Eddie um, and I were working with our final masterer, who was like putting the tracks together in the, in the final details, C and I were out in the desert, pretty much hundred percent. And, meditating and doing yoga and really going deep down our spiritual path well i started picking up the iphone and started filming and so c of course helped me but we started filming across the desert landscapes and everything and putting footage together and i just thought this is a new way for me to express myself mm-hmm. and in six months it took six months plus I started teaching myself how to do edit, editing on videos and how to put these things together and how to put the footage together. And so we, we, Eddie and I had created six tracks and myself with the help of C and a couple of friends filming, um, I was able to then edit out six videos for each of the tracks. Nice. So this whole album to get, came together as, as word, sound, music, visuals, like a whole immersion into this kind of journey into consciousness. So it was, it was an awesome project and I really felt for the first time as an adult that I was truly expressing myself how I really wanted to express
0: myself as an adult. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> right. I think our spirit always stays young, right? I do. I think it does, right? Yeah. But I love that. I love how it all came together and that collaboration with your son and just bringing all that energy forward. And, and yeah, sometimes poetry can be very private and very. I don't know, not logical, but very. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Illustrative or descriptive or intellectual. It can have intellectual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes to the point of like, what are they really talking about, right? (laughs) But but I think the ability to come through with that spoken word and bring the music and just really, you know, I think sometimes to a spoken word, like every word matters. Yeah right? It doesn't have to be so colorful and so symbolic, like every word matters. And I think there's something that speaks to the spirit when we get to that point, right. right? It helps us to understand what is this really about, right? Yes. And that is so
1: true. And and I know every each poet has their own style and their own way of, of expressing themselves through their language. My poetry lends itself to spoken word, I think, because it is very succinct and it's very direct language. And yeah there's there's obviously there's it's it's poetry so it's um you know it's very illustrative in some ways but it's very direct and often my poems are quite short too and so to your point they're very much like direct and so i feel i feel that in the same way they speak to me i feel that i feel that others could appreciate listening to them and hearing them and they could also turn them into something very personal for themselves as well and I think that's, um, that's where poetry shifts, perhaps, into the spoken word, where it's also for the audience.
0: Yeah, I think it's very moving. I remember when, and this may sound strange, but I do remember when, um, oh, I can't think of his name, one America's Got Talent as a spoken word artist. And that was like unheard of. But yet every time you took the stage, it was like you felt that raw emotion. You heard each word. And I think, too, with spoken word, it allows your own self to have the interpretation, to have that colorful experience of how you understand the word rather than all these things that color each description. I mean, you can have that both, but I feel like there's something that speaks more direct to the spirit through that.
1: Absolutely. And it's interesting that you say that because, you know, once we'd put the album together, we were um, obviously discussing how we're going to release this. And it was still a little, there was lockdown per se, but Los Angeles was just starting to open up. And I said, well, first it's got to be a party because we all love a good party, but I'm going to get up there and perform. And, you know, and of course it had been years since I'd really been steeped in the open mic world. And so then the whole project shifted again now into a live performance. Now what does the live performance need? What is, what is that asking of me? That's a whole other personal expression. And not only did I have to like pluck up the courage, number one, but I had to rehearse and I had to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. And so I realized that there was another art form embedded in this, how to deliver this live to hmm. a live audience. And that's a whole nother way of um, sharing those words and channeling the importance of them and the dedication to those words and how, how they can channel to the audience so they can receive them. So it's it's so incredible how this project just kind of evolved and it was it posed a new challenge each step of the way. and And I'll share this with you. I have had now for quite a few years prior to this I've had this recurring nightmare
0: Mm. and this
1: recurring nightmare is literally, it's a theater with a stage with a single spotlight and a single microphone. And in my dream, the backstage managers calling me on saying, Rachel, you're on. It's your turn. And as I'm about to get on the stage, I'm like, where's my notebook? I don't know the words. Where are my notebook? I can't remember the poetry. I can't remember it. I don't know where it is. And then I wake up in this terrible panic, I'm about to go on stage. So I realized that I had, to, I had to train, I had to rehearse and I spent months rehearsing and learning these poems off by heart so that I could actually overcome this deep fear hmm. of, of, of being naked in front of a live audience. There's no more camera, there's no more editing. I'm, I'm naked in front of this live audience and I have to deliver and I have to do my best. So it was an awesome experience for my overall confidence too.
0: Yeah, that is, it really is to get up there and show up. And not only that, it's your words, it's your originality, your creativity, your spirit coming through. There is a lot to that and to deliver it. And I know from, from the little I know (laughs) of spoken word and what I've seen, like it really does take that that performance level, that knowing your energy, knowing how to speak, knowing when to take the pauses, right? And so many people are afraid to take the pauses. Yeah, there's a wonderful woman here. Oh my God, she was on the show a little bit after you guys, Um, Salem Green, beautiful literary poet. She was here at our TEDx Birmingham and she was just so beautiful. And it was truly a reminder of how important when we share our stories and we share those thoughts and we get up in front of a stage. And I remember her thing was like, I'm no Southern belle. I came here to rebel. Right. And as a black (laughs) woman standing up in the South saying that, I was like, yes, I was cheering her on the audience, but it is true. It's another form of art in itself, that expression to get up in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It takes courage. But again, we can all do
1: it if we if we put the time in before and practice and practice. And back to that idea of trust, you trust in your inner self that you can do this. And I think that's where also meditation can support your creative experience and your creative experience can support your meditation. And you sort of build this inner trust within yourself that you can perform. You can perform on the inside and you can perform on the outside. And I think that's where it's no longer a conflict. It's it's a union. It's a harmony.
0: No longer a conflict. It's a union and a harmony. I love that. And just talking with you, it just feels so inspiring. I know I've been through many shifts, especially lately, and I feel this whole new part of me coming forward. And yeah, there is a little voice going, are you sure? Are you sure? It's like, yes, yes, yes. yes right. Yes. And so allowing that that energy to come forward and to allow the spirit to guide me again, <laughs> it's like yes. again, another coming through, yes. but this is where we are. There's no okay, he'll done that, right? We're constantly growing and we're constantly opening up more and more to who we are. And again, as we said at the top of the show, it's like in a world that has gone broken and hurt, mm-hmm. this is where we need to return to. The energy of our soul, what mother earth is telling us to do, how meditation can help. And all too often here I can't meditate I can't meditate. We all can meditate. We yeah. can. It's that discipline of really breaking through. Breaking through the ego and breaking through the idea of we can't as to I can. I can be quiet with myself. I can go out in the desert. I'd love that. Go out in the desert 10 days, right <laughs> and just like be, right? I'm taking these little mini trips that are are really hard, but I know that I'm breaking through. I know that I'm breaking through and I'm still doing like car camping, right? But but still to be out there in the middle of the night, I was yeah. up in Nashville not too long ago, and it was pouring rain and we need the rain. So I'm like, go away, no, we need the rain. I'm telling myself, no, I can't tell the rain to go away. We need it more than me in this little tent, right? It's like, okay, yeah. Wynn, just move it. <laughs> just move it a little bit, we need the rain. And then I'm like, well, Terry, Part of me being out here under this tent by myself is to find the understanding of the elements of life and yeah. where I am and how I'm showing up. So yeah, I had a little talk with that and I had to go through all that and the next thing you know it's a sunrise and you know the rain's gone and I slept, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. It's like that ancient proverb that says, this too shall pass, you
1: know, and it's and it's this experience of welcoming in these changing moments, changing weather is a great way to experience that. You cannot rely on the weather being the same every day. And so allowing the impermanence of the universe to unfold before you, with that, you unfold with your own impermanence and you change and evolve. And so this, this idea that, as you said, you know, life isn't just tick the boxes and then you're done. You know, life just continues to change and unfold. And we, we have to find and trust within ourselves that, that change is part of life. And we're happy for the changes that come. And we're allowing them to unfold. And we accept them as they unfold. And we welcome them as they unfold. And, and like you said, spending time in nature is a brilliant training. It's a training of sorts because we recodify ourselves to experience the changings, even just from the sunrise to the sunset. There's an incredible arc that we experience during the day. And then, of course, sunset through the moonrise through to sunrise There's a beautiful arc of nighttime that we experience. And then when we go through the seasons, of course, we experience the changing of the weather and and just being able to experience nature from a tent, from a car, you know, just being out there in the wilderness and doing it alone, Terry, I must say, that's amazing. <laughs> then- I've only
0: done a little bit, but thank you. I'm going to take that oh, in and say, okay, yes, I, I will I will honor that about myself. Yes, and yes. yeah, and I do want to do a little bit more of that and build that confidence within my own self and just, you know, yeah. notice what I notice and learn how I can. Unplug faster and faster. And it is through my meditation practice. You know, I do an Ashaya's Ascension. I think I mentioned to that, you guys, right? I don't know your practice. I would love to, but it's like working with the ascension attitudes and running Reiki and just say, okay, let's just do that. And that's actually how I ended up falling asleep that night was just like working through a few of those attitudes and just going deeper and deeper until, like I said, the next thing I woke up and it was morning and it was misty. And I remember the horses were running through the night, you know, and it's like all this that my consciousness, because I guess I was wide open, right? On alert, right? But then it's like you wake up in the morning and like the mist and everything's burning off from all that rain and you really truly are in the elements and you can feel that quiet part within you that is experiencing all this almost as if for the first time like oh my gosh look at this right i was trying to remember like when was the last time i actually saw a sunrise i say i love them but when did i actually get up and see that sunrise being outside yeah definitely something to experience yeah absolutely yeah so what a great conversation so where can people find your work see you live how are you getting it out there
1: well you can find if you're interested in connecting with the album of x i you can watch all the videos on our youtube channel which is x i spoken song and um through that you can get the full experience and there all six videos are there i think that's the best way to get interested in it I don't have any live performances coming up right now but I'm working on it so I can always share those with you as soon as I know. but you can of course follow on Instagram and of course I'll be advertising there any um, new shows coming up so that's
0: XI dot spoken song. X I dot spoken song. All right, excellent. Yeah, how exciting to start planning those. Do so you do the fashion part too? Does that come back forward for you? Uh, when you see the videos, you'll see that I'm a completely different character. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's kind of like I'm my that- beating never dies. It always just keeps coming back around for sure. Oh, oh, that's right. But this time I was having a
1: lot of fun with it. This time it was it was it was a conscious step into creating a character that could play the role of this journeying female
0: warrior into her consciousness. So I love it, um, journeying female warrior. Yeah, that sounds like where I'm going right now. Just be that warrior, get out there, head west, here I come. (laughs) Yeah. So Rachel, as we go to kind of round out the show, I always like to come back and ask this question. How do you feel that the work that you're doing through entering the mind and through your artwork can help to empower the spirit? I honestly believe that there is no other way
1: than meditation and art as a way forward. And these two come hand in hand. And some of you, I'm sure many of your listeners are already very creative individuals, and that is awesome. And some of them may be um, already very much steeped in their own meditation practice. But if we can find ways to cultivate a meditation practice daily, it doesn't have to be hours long, but just a daily practice. And whatever meditation technique works for the individual, I think, follow that and trust that that's the right one for you. But if we can all find ways that we can express ourselves creatively in our lives as well, these two things, they bring bring calmness, harmony, they bring joy, they bring love. And with these two acts of meditation and art from a genuine place of expression, I really believe that we will heal ourselves. We will not only heal ourselves, but we'll begin to heal those around us. And we'll inspire others to do the same. And then we'll be a bigger community healing. And so I really believe in these two as the last frontiers of, of our evolving culture.
0: I love that. These two, meditation and art, the last frontiers. And the world that needs it right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming back and joining us thank and sharing you. your work with us. I'm so appreciative.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, to your spirit. Namaste. To yours.
0: Namaste. Yes. Meditation and art together, this is the last frontier, meaning this is the exploration which opens us all up to new horizons for where we are headed right now. And as Rachel says, create your daily practice. Whatever technique of meditation that is for you, come to it each and every day. Explore your spirit. Get to know that deeper part of who you are. Allow for the trust, release the judgment, and notice what comes forward for you. Check out Rachel's work at Entering the Mind as well. And if you need help creating that daily practice, this is what I can truly help you with. Schedule a spiritual upgrade, breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how we can get you started right now. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste.